So you know that moment when um, somebody tells you about an awesome movie they've just watched and they really build it up and get you pumped for the movie? I kind of feel like that's what Grant has done this morning. And I often know that when we then watch that moment, it's like, so anyway, let's see what God will do this morning. Um, I'm expectant that he will move. And I just really pray that for each of us, as Grant said, he will highlight to us what our next step in our journey with him is. And so this morning, I really am excited to be continuing our series in the book of Acts. And I don't know about you, but for me, I have just so personally loved and enjoyed this series. I've loved hearing the preachers on a Sunday morning. I've loved reading the scriptures in the book of Acts. And probably most of all, I've really just loved reflecting on the stories in the book of Acts, just reflecting on how God has been at work in his church and through the lives of very ordinary men and women who have chosen to put their faith and trust in him. I think that this series has been amazing at making the gospel and the mission of God come alive for us in this community. I really think it has highlighted to us just how much Jesus has changed everything. That in Jesus, in his life, in his death and resurrection, we can have forgiveness of our sins. We can find salvation with God through him. We can know God, have a relationship with God. But even more than that, the cherry on the top, that he then, because of Jesus' work on the cross, invites us to play a role in his gospel story and to play a part in his mission and what he is up to on the earth. For me, the series has ignited a passion and excitement in my heart to see the gospel of God advancing and to see men and women come to know him. I feel like God has put an excitement in our hearts, in my heart, to see every follower of Jesus step forward in faith, step forward to play their part and share what God has done in their lives with others so that they too might come to know and experience the love of God, the grace of God, just as we have. And I don't know about you, but as I've spoken about just reflecting on the stories that we read in Acts, I think sometimes we can see those stories and think, wow, like that's incredible. That's amazing. I can't believe that God worked in that way in the early church. And I think sometimes at the back of our minds, we can almost go, sure, like, do you think God does that today? Do you think these stories are possible today? Do you think he could use me? Do I think he could use me? Do I think that he's using ordinary men and women, followers of Jesus, in the same way we see him doing in the book of Acts? Do we? Do we believe that? Do we believe he can do that in our lives? And I I can say that I'm convinced that he does. I am convinced that he does want to use us in his gospel story to see people come to know him, just like we see him doing in the book of Acts. And I believe this morning that he wants to extend an invitation to each one of us, where we see um, all this action almost happening in the book of Acts, that he is calling us to that. He's saying, actually, you can take part in the action that you've witnessed and seen and read about in the book of Acts. He wants to extend an invitation to us to um, play a part in his mission, each and every follower of Jesus. God has been highlighting to me lately that one of the ways that we can do this is through our conversations with people, that actually God wants to use our conversations with people to have an impact for the gospel, that as we converse with people, that actually we can ask God to speak to us and use us to see people come to know him. 
I think all of us as followers of Jesus, if we followers of Jesus, that's our heart's desire, that actually God would use us to preach the gospel to people who are far from him, that they might come to know him. But I think for a lot of us, we don't actually think it's possible that God can use us in this way. We don't think it's possible for us to share the gospel with people in a way that is fruitful and that actually sees them to come to know God. I believe this morning that as we read through Acts chapter 8, God is going to show us how he enables us and empowers us to do this. So if you have your Bible with you, you can turn with me to Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 39. It's a bit of a long uh, scripture, so I'll try to get through it quickly. But it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing." In this passage of scripture, we see that Philip is an excellent example to us of someone who shares the gospel as they are led by the Spirit. And this morning, I want to take a look at three things that we see in this text that I believe can help be helpful to us in learning how to share the gospel with others in a way that sees them come to know Jesus. Firstly, I want to take a look at how God sends us how God speaks to us, and then what our role and our response to God sending us and speaking to us is as followers of him. So God sends us. In Acts 8 verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. We see in this verse that God sends Philip to the desert place. The sole purpose of God sending Philip was so that he could have this encounter with the Ethiopian eunuch. God wants to use Philip to draw this Ethiopian to himself so that this man might come to know him, find salvation in him, and begin a relationship with him. We see all throughout scripture that God is continuously orchestrating these gospel encounters because it's God's desire that all people would come to know him and be saved through his son, Jesus. 
Throughout scripture, we see that the very nature of God is to send. He is a God who is sending us continuously for his purpose, purposes to draw people near to him. We see that he is a God on mission. What is the mission of God? The mission of God is that he sent his son Jesus to earth to live the life that we couldn't live and die the death that we deserved so that we could know him, that our sins could be forgiven, that we could find salvation in him. And his mission is to see men and women all around the world come to know him and find salvation in him. And he is wanting to use us to accomplish this. He is wanting to send us to partner with him in this gospel story. As followers of Jesus, we are called to play a a role in the mission of God. If you are a follower of Jesus, then God wants to send you. In Matthew 4 verse 19, Jesus says to his disciples, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. As his his disciples, Jesus not only calls us to come and follow him, but he calls us to partner with him. He calls us to know him and make him known. If we are honest, this idea of being sent by God can be quite scary. It's scary because it can feel like a lot of pressure. It's scary because it can feel like it's almost um, beyond us. It's out of our natural means or abilities. It can feel um, scary because perhaps we've seen other people do it in a way that's just so unhelpful and has almost put people off God and put people off um, the Bible and off Jesus. And so we'd rather stay away than step into that because we don't want to be responsible for doing that kind of thing. We can feel like we lack the power We feel like we're not empowered to share the gospel with people. It's scary for us because in a way it's calling us to break some of our society and cultural norms. Probably the foremost one being that um, it's not really socially acceptable to tell people what's true or real. It's kind of more of a culture of you do you. You apply um, the truth that suits you to your life. It's scary to oppose these cultural norms. But God is calling us to step out in faith despite whatever fears we have because he is wanting to use us in extraordinary ways, to do extraordinary things for him and for the gospel. Our own coming to know Jesus is proof of that. The fact that somebody else stepped out in faith despite their fears to share the gospel with us and how God used them in our lives to change our lives forever. I really believe that that is what God is calling each of us to do if we are followers of his. We don't need to be afraid of this because in Matthew 4, God says that he is the one who is making us fishers of men. He is the one who's enabling and empowering us to do this. God not only sends us in his mission, but he sends the helper to assist us with what he has called us to do. It's not all up to us. The pressure's not all on us. Sometimes we can believe and act as if though it's all on us to make these things happen, to make these gospel conversations happen, to see something happen in someone's lives. We can kind of adopt this approach of we need to be the catalyst to um, see people come to know Jesus. But we see that, that the truth is that God is already at work. God is already a God who is on mission and who is sending people 
That is the invitation in being sent, is to join him in what he is already doing. The question that we need to be asking God is, God, what are you up to? And how can I join you in what you're already doing? God empowers us through the Holy Spirit by speaking to us and leading and guiding us. In Acts 8 verse 29, we see that the Holy Spirit speaks to Philip. It says, the Spirit told Philip to go to the chariot and stay near it. God is creating the opportunities for gospel encounters. And his plan is to speak to us about them so that we can partner with him in what he is already doing. We don't need to make things happen. We see in the scripture that God gives Philip direction. Do you believe in the midst of your everyday life and your conversations with people that God can speak to you, that the Holy Spirit can give you direction and how to speak to people about him? Because that's what we see him doing in Acts 8 with Philip. Um, Do you believe that God can speak to you? Do you believe that God is speaking to you through his spirit? A short while ago, we had a prophetic evening with Tom Logue, and he came um, to teach and talk to us about how we can hear God speak for other people and how um, to encourage us and how to do that and how to share in a way that is helpful and loves them and builds them up. And after he had shared, he uh, called us to break away into partners and just spend some time in prayer asking God to like speak to us about what we felt for the other person. And um, the girl that I partnered up with, um, as she was about to share with me, she just said, you know, I don't actually feel like this, I'm like, this is my strong point. Like I'm, you know, hearing God for other people all the time. And so for her, it was like a courageous moment to step out and say what she felt God was saying to her for me. And it was amazing to see that as she shared the two things that she felt God had for me, how spot on they actually were and how they were such confirmations of what God was already um, saying to me. Um, And I think it was just such a confirmation that God does speak to us, even if we feel like he doesn't or we feel like we don't experience that often, that actually he is wanting to speak to us and that he is wanting to empower us through the words of the Holy Spirit. So if God wants to talk to us and if he is talking to us, then how can we learn to hear God's voice? If we want to hear God speaking to us, how can we grow in this area? I think the first and foremost foremost way that we do this is through reading the Bible. I think that God is speaking to us through his word, um, that that is the predominant way that God speaks to us, is through the scriptures and through the Bible. Do we have a hunger for the word of God? Do we have a hunger to know it and to learn it? Because as we study the word of God and grow um, in the scriptures and knowing the scriptures, I believe that we will grow in knowing God's voice and hearing God's voice. Because God will never say anything that is in contradiction to his scriptures. If we want to hear God speaking, this is where we can start. This is where we can um, grow in knowing if we're hearing him. Because if we feel like we have heard from something, something from God, then we can filter it through the scriptures to know if it sounds like him. Because as I said, he'll never say anything that is in contradiction to his word. Then secondly, just as we see him do in Acts 8 with Philip, we see that God speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. When we come and put our faith in Jesus and become followers of his, when we become his disciples, he fills us with the Holy Spirit. As a follower of Jesus, we have, we have um, 
an ability to draw on the Spirit's enabling and empowering, we can ask Him to speak to us and ask us Him to give us direction, just as we see Him doing with Philip. We see that He says to Philip, go and stand next to the chariot. Now, I don't know about you, but I've often thought, okay, how exactly did the Holy Spirit speak to Philip? In what way does the Holy Spirit speak to Philip? Was it an audible voice? Was the writing on the wall, so to speak? Did he send him a WhatsApp? Like, we can't really be sure in this instance. We don't know how Philip heard the Holy Spirit speaking to him. But I think one of the most common ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us is through our thoughts, like our inner voice, as it were. That as followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwells within us, and he has the ability to speak into our hearts and our minds. That God has the ability to, to speak his voice directly into our thinking. What do I mean by this? Because that, in a way, can sound a bit weird, like, okay? What do you mean by that, Kim? Um, to give you an example of how God does this, sorry, I just need to have some water. I went to have um, my nails done this past week. I needed to have a soak off and to get the gel off. Um, and just as I had been spending time in these scriptures, I was really thinking like, God, I would like you to use me in this way. I really would like to kind of step out in faith and ask, you know, is there perhaps something you would like me to say to this nail technician? Is there a question that I can ask you that maybe will open the conversation up um, to a gospel conversation? And to be honest with you, like, guys, I'm not the best at conversations. Firstly, I don't do small talk well. Secondly, I kind of have this tendency to like say inappropriate and weird things sometimes. I don't know. I don't always filter what I'm saying or think through what I'm saying. So like this, I mean, to give you an example, last year in my 30th birthday card, uh, my brother decides to write one of the things about me in there. He says, you know, sometimes you are really awkward and say the most inappropriate things. And I was just like, what? Like, why would you put that in a birthday card? But if you want to verify this with him, he's sitting right here. So you can ask him about my conversating ways. But yeah, so to kind of step out in faith and have a conversation with people, especially a gospel conversation, is intimidating for me. Like, I don't feel like I'm a smooth operator in conversations. But anyway, I ask God, I say, please, would you give me something to open up the conversation with this lady? And now being aware of the fact that, you know, I'm not this conversationalist by any means, I kind of was like, okay, God, I'm listening. And this thought, like, instantly pops into my head. And the thought that popped into my head was, ask her about her dreams. Now, guys, when I heard this, when I heard this thought in my mind, I was honestly like, no. Like, that is so incredibly corny and cliched, and like, you don't just go around asking people about their dreams. So I actually, to be honest with you, immediately like rejected the idea of even beginning to think about asking her this question. I was just like, no. And what, what was really incredible to me is, is like the moment that I dismissed this thought as being from God, um, and just to disclaim it, our conversation wasn't heading in the way of talking about our life dreams or anything like that. Um, this lady randomly brings into conversation the fact that it is her dream to open a facial bar and to do people's skin. So I was just sitting there and I was like, oh my word, like, 
sorry, God, I should have listened to you. I should have asked her that question. But it was just such a confirmation to me that God does speak to us in this way, that actually he does speak into our thoughts. And our thoughts are sometimes from him. That is sometimes him speaking to us. Now, you could argue, you could say, sure, but isn't that kind of subjective? Like, how are we supposed to be objective about our thoughts? Like, is every thought I think from God? No. It can be unclear. It's not always clear. Like, what are Kim's thoughts? What are God's thoughts? Because there are a lot of stray Kim thoughts running around in this head, and not all of them are God. That's for sure. Um, So the truth is we can't even all the time be 100% certain of what God is saying to us, or if it is God saying to us. But I believe that he is actually calling us to sometimes risk it, to step out in faith when we think we've heard him, and to see what he might do, to see what he can do. We can't always be 100% certain. But I do think that as long as what we are saying is in line with the word, in line with the scriptures, as long as what we are saying is to build and love and encourage that person, as long as what we are sharing the gospel with people, we can't go all that wrong. I believe God is saying to us, will we step out in faith? Will we begin to practice listening and hearing God's voice and respond to that? Even when we get it wrong, it's an opportunity to uh, hear God speaking to us more clearly and to grow in the area of hearing him speak to us. We see that God speaks to us generally through the scriptures and specifically through the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 28, we see that God is speaking to us generally, and he, he says this often throughout scripture. He's showing us and speaking to us and telling us that he has called us and sent us to be a part of his mission. That is the general call of God over every believer, that he sends us and is asking us and inviting us to partner with him in his gospel story. We see him do that with Philip. He sends Philip to the desert. But we also see that he's speaking specifically to us through the Holy Spirit, just like we see him do with Philip when he says to him to go and stand by the chariot. Guys, this excites me so much. This really just puts like such an excitement in my heart to see and be used by God in God's plans. Because if God is going to speak to us specifically, then we know, okay, we can hear God's voice. We know that as followers of Jesus, he's called us to follow him and to step out in faith and be sent on to be a, play a part in his mission. But more than that, we can ask him to give us specific direction. We don't have to feel like we are winging it or just randomly going about in this mission of God, but we can ask his Holy Spirit to speak to us specifically. But in order to be led by the Spirit, we have to be listening to him. And I think sometimes, like, I can see this reality in my own life. I'm too busy to listen to the Spirit. I'm always rushing from here to there to everywhere, um, busying up my days, busying up my time. And I believe that in a way, God is calling us to quieten ourselves, to pray to him, to ask him to speak to us. And as we ask him those questions and quieten down our lives, I really do believe that we will hear the Spirit speak to us more and more. It's hard to listen if we aren't engaging with God and asking him questions. What kind of questions can we ask God? We can ask him what he's doing. We can ask him how he's working around us. We can ask him for direction. We can ask him what role he wants us to play in his gospel story. 
God's invitation to us in Matthew chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 28 is an invitation to adventure with God. The same adventure that we see him have, God, Philip having with God in Acts 8 and the same adventure that we see the church in general having with God all throughout Acts. I know that I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the God adventures. I want to listen to what God is saying to me and what the Holy Spirit is speaking to me about so that I can respond and follow and obey what Jesus is saying. I think that's our role as followers of Jesus, to listen to him and to follow what he is saying. In Acts 8, verse 29 to 39, we see Philip's response to the the Spirit speaking. I'm just going to read it again. It says, And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see here is water, what prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he was baptized, he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. We see that Philip's response to the general call of God to be sent, he follows it and he obeys it. We see that he goes to the desert place. And I was just thinking about that because earlier on in Acts chapter 8, we see that Philip is actually part of a revival. God is doing something amazing in the church where um, the gospel is being shared and many, many people are coming to know and follow Jesus. And so as Philip hears this call to be sent to the desert, I wonder what he was thinking. Because if it were me, I'd be like, why would I want to leave this party to go to the desert? Like, who is even in the desert? Is anyone even going to be there to speak to and share the gospel with? Like, God, why would you call me to go there? Why would you send me to the desert? But we see that Philip is obedient. Even if he's got questions about it, even if he's a little bit confused about it, we see that his response to the Spirit speaking and to God sending him is to follow and obey. And I think very often the Spirit's uh, speaking to us, the Spirit's words to us will be in contradiction to what we probably think sounds good, what we think will work or where we think we will be, we should be. Um, kind of like when I was wanting to speak with the the lady with the nails. I didn't want to ask her about her dreams because I thought that was a bad way to go about it. But actually the spirit was at work in that thing. We see that despite any fears or questions Philip might had, he chooses to follow and obey God's voice to him. And as he does so, the spirit speaks to him and guides him specifically. As followers of Jesus, would we be willing to follow God's voice to us? Would we be willing to obey what God is saying to us? Would we be looking for the gospel opportunities that God has put right in front of us? Because all Philip had to do, Philip's only role in all of this was to listen and obey and follow what God was saying. God knew where the Ethiopian was at and he knew that he wanted to send Philip to speak with him. 
And Philip was obedient to that. Philip followed and obeyed God. God is speaking to us about people. God is wanting us to listen to him and to follow and obey him. So I guess the question is, who is waiting for you? Because you are the person that God will send. I think for each of us, wherever we find ourselves, whether it's at work or at school or university or in our friendship circles or or, um, in our sports clubs, that there are people in those places that are waiting to hear about God and that God is sending us to share the gospel with them because he wants to see their lives changed and he wants to see them come to know him. But I think for many of us, we don't really believe it. The scriptures actually say that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. But I think sometimes in our minds, we have doubts about that. We have doubts about the fact that the harvest is plentiful. Because sometimes we kind of actually feel like that person or this person doesn't need Jesus. I know that I have personally doubted that the harvest is plentiful. This year, at the beginning of the year, we um, launched Alpha Groups in our life groups. And um, basically, we we were going around and inviting people to come and join Alpha Groups and hear about Jesus. And I felt like I had so much faith for it. I was like, this is what the scripture says. The scripture says that the harvest is plentiful, so my group is going to be full up. Anyway, um, we extended an invitation to a lot of people, and all of them said no. Like, nobody came to our group. We actually didn't even have a group. Sad. But... um, (laughs) But basically, um, that really tested my belief that the harvest is plentiful. It tested my belief in the fact that God is at work in people and that people are in need of Jesus. The truth is that it's not up to us. God is at work. God is doing it something. We don't need to orchestrate it. We don't need to make it happen. But do we believe that people need Jesus? Do we believe that Jesus is the good news? Because if we ourselves do not believe that Jesus is the answer to everything, then we aren't going to share him with other people. Jesus has to be good news for us first in order for us to share him with other people. Because when we share the gospel, we're sharing out of a place of being impacted by the gospel ourselves. We're sharing out of a place of knowing the grace and love of Jesus for ourselves. And the reason why we share it with other people is because we want them to come and know and experience the love of God for themselves just as we have. The Bible says that the harvest is plentiful. So if we're going to believe scripture, and if we're going to believe that's true, that means there are hundreds of gospel opportunities all around us, and that God is actually wanting to um, have gospel encounters with people through our lives. Are we asking God to show us these gospel opportunities? Are we asking God to show us who we should be talking to and what we should be saying? There is a world in need of the gospel. There is a world in need of Jesus. Are we engaging with these people in the hopes that we might be able to share the gospel with them? We see that's what Philip does with the Ethiopian eunuch. He engages with him. He doesn't just walk up to him and bombard him with the truth, like shove Jesus down his throat. No, he engages with him. He asks him questions. I think the reason why Philip asks him questions is because he's wanting to see what God is up to. He's wanting to see how God is at work in Philip's life. It's not up to us to kind of make God be at work in people's lives, but it is up to us to engage with people and ask the questions to see what God is up to. Because as we see what God is up to, we can play our role and, um, 
basically do what God has called us to do as followers of him. Philip asked the Ethiopian the question, do you know what you are reading? And the Ethiopian answers, I do not know. Philip engages with him, he asks him the questions, and then he uses the Ethiopian's answers to apply the gospel to the situation. Are we willing to engage with people? Are we willing to ask them questions? Are we willing to share the gospel with them? Are we willing to listen and obey and be led by the Holy Spirit in sharing the gospel with other people in the hopes that they would come to know him and their lives be changed forever? In his book, Beyond Awkward, Bo Crescetta writes about a doctor's encounter um, with her patients. And I'm just going to read a little excerpt from the book. It says, I'm always on the lookout for God encounters with my patients. As a physician, Evelyn Lowe has to learn to navigate the fine line between the personal and the professional. She finds it most effective to share her faith with patients by engaging in conversation that provokes questions. When her patients start asking her questions, Evelyn is free to share her faith. One time, a man came into the ER wanting to detox. He launched into a story about how he had been held at gunpoint and robbed of $16,000. He escaped without harm and wandered the streets aimlessly until a man asked him how he was doing. Of course, he replied, not good. And the man pointed him towards a narcotics anonymous meeting in a church right behind them. The man went to the meeting, and the leader sent him to the ER for detox. Enter Evelyn. Evelyn says that she is always looking for an on-ramp as she listens to patient stories. And this time, God led her to ask, why do you think God saved your life? Immediately, he began to cry and unpacked more of his story. At this moment, she was able to pray with him and share the gospel. That night, he made the decision to follow Jesus Evelyn says, God is always at work around us. He invites us to work with him. The reality is that there are gospel encounters waiting to be happened. There are gospel opportunities that God is calling us to take part in. Would we open our eyes and open our ears to be led by the Holy Spirit? We know that this is true because God is a sending God. He sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for us so that we could know him. We see that he is a God who is on mission, wanting to reconcile and restore people to himself. And we see that he is a God who sends us and asks us to partner with him in his gospel story. We see that God's heart is that people would come to know him. He wants people to come to know him. He went so far as to send Jesus to die to see that happen. He wants people to find redemption and restoration in him. And I believe this morning he wants to ask each one of us, what next steps do you need to take? We see in the scripture that for the Ethiopian, as he comes to know God, he immediately wants to go and be baptized. It's like he knows the next step that God is calling him to. And this morning, maybe you are not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you have not made that decision to put your faith and your trust in him. I believe this morning that he is calling you, he is drawing you to himself, and he's saying, will you come and put your faith and your trust in me? Because I am a God who is passionate about seeing people restored, and and I want to have a relationship with everyone. The scriptures say that God wishes that all men might be saved. God wants to have a relationship with all of us and wants to see all of us come to know him. 
If you are already a follower of Jesus this morning, what is the next step that God is calling you to? Perhaps it's to listen to him. Maybe, like I've said, you've been really busy or distracted or haven't been spending time with him. I I think this morning he's calling us to come and to hear him speak. He's calling us to come and sit with him and to listen to what he has to say. Maybe as a follower of Jesus, you have heard what he's had to say. Maybe you don't like it. Or maybe you feel like you just don't know how to step forward and take that next step and step out in faith. Maybe you feel like you have fears that are holding you back or inhibitions or insecurities. I believe this morning that despite whatever fears you might face or whatever thoughts are running through your head, God is calling you to follow him and to listen and to obey what he has spoken to you. This morning is our opportunity to respond to whatever it is that we feel God is saying to us. I believe this morning God is saying, will you respond to me and to what I've said? So let's stand and pray. Jesus, I just thank you this morning for your heart, your heart towards us, God. I thank you, thank you so much, God, that you, it is your heart's desire that each and every one of us would come to know you and to have a relationship with you. We thank you, God, for that, the fact that you sent your son, Jesus, to earth to die for us, that that could be made possible. We thank you for the lengths that you went to to see that happen, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for our salvation, God. Thank you that you actually want to use us. It doesn't just stop there, but you call us to partner with you in your gospel story. And this morning, we want to be be obedient to whatever it is that you are saying to us, God. Whether that's a call to come and follow you, God, to put our faith and trust in you for the first time, or whether that's a call to listen to what you are saying to us, perhaps be a bit less busy in our lives so that we can create a moment to hear you speak and to hear what you have to say to us or whether that's the fact that we have heard you speak and we want to step out in faith and follow you and be obedient to what you are saying to us God we come before you this morning and we ask that you would empower us with your Holy Spirit to respond to you that you would enable us and equip us and that you would continue to use us God in whichever way you have called us We love you, Lord, and we are excited to partner with you in what you are doing in this world. Thank you that you are doing amazing things. Thank you that you are still at work. You are still at work drawing people. Thank you that you are the one who creates the opportunities for the gospel to go out. And we want to say we put up our hands, Father, and we ask that you would use us, God. We step out in faith to follow what it is that you have said to us, God. We love you, Lord. 